drones are again targeting Russia, with one shot down near Moscow, and three more intercepted in the Bryansk region, which borders Ukraine. Russian officials are saying that, and it comes just one day after Russia faced its biggest drone assault since the war began. This, as officials here in Kyiv say, their forces are making gradual gains in the counteroffensive. Drones are becoming a game-changer in this fight. Their use is being watched closely by experts around the world. As some say, they're transforming the nature of war itself. But in this counteroffensive, military officials say Ukraine is losing more than 40 drones a day. So ordinary citizens are being recruited to make up the shortfall for the front lines, as we saw at a drone training center here in Ukraine. Any support is welcome in Ukraine, especially if it appears blessed by Jesus, say these drone students, set up in an abandoned church, working on their simulators, and convinced their cause is just. We do whatever we can now to resist, because Russians want to kill all called us. This is genocide. Next door in the construct and repair class, Yulia solders and tweaks and teaches. This part is fairly simple and fun, she says. And did you study engineering? What are you in normal life? Mm, the writer and the film director. You're a writer and a film director. Yes. And now you're a drone operator. Yes. We're not allowed to disclose the location where Yulia and the others put theory into practice. Here in this innocuous looking field with a rudimentary obstacle course, this could almost be child's play, but with deadly results, of course. These are all civilian drones that the Ukrainians are repurposing for their current war effort. They can be bought off store shelves. But this signifies a turning point in the conduct of modern warfare. A $500 drone that's been weaponized can take out vehicles and weapon systems worth millions. Software engineer Lyuba Shipovich started the Victory Drones Initiative. The most advantage is it's uh, one of the most cost-effective uh, weapon, uh, and it's also it's also weapon, and it could be used as reconnaissance uh, for reconnaissance purposes. Uh, if you see the enemy, you can hit enemy, you can hide uh, uh, like your soldiers. Uh, so it's pretty. But enemy can see you. Uh, yeah, if you uh, don't use uh, security measurements. Like hiding or disguising their signals, because the Russians are adapting fast. She says they're mostly crowdfunded and have deals with the Ukrainian military to train frontline troops, tens of thousands so far, in what's become indispensable strategy. That was just practice, dropping a water bottle full of sand. But just a few days ago, the group says one of their former trainees took out this Russian tank on the Eastern Front. They can also wipe out artillery positions and troop carriers. How long did it take you to learn to fly? Many of these citizen soldiers are women, busting stubborn myths. And Yulia, of course, agrees. In fact, she assembles the drones. Her husband flies, too. And a lot of women have taken up this fight. Yeah, we are all people and we are fighting for our existence. 
And that's it. They are fighting for their existence here. For more on how this technology is reshaping the battlefield, I'm joined by James Rogers, advisor on drones to NATO and to the UK, and Sir General Sir Richard Sheriff, former NATO Deputy Supreme Allied Commander for Europe. Uh, gentlemen, welcome both to the program. Um, look, I mean, Drones aren't new things, but they are being really used to the maximum, certainly by this side. So since you're an advisor on drones, James Rogers, just tell me how you think Ukraine is deploying them. Well, Ukraine is deploying drones in a number of really quite impactful ways. First of all, they reinforce the, the nature of war, and that is that war is a continuation of politics by other means. And so when you start to see these longer range drone systems developed and indeed um, built by Ukraine itself, such as the UJ-22 or the Beaver drones, then we're starting to see these being deployed over long distances, up to 800 kilometers deep into Russian territory. Of course, we've seen this over a number of days. Now, there's two points to this. First of all, when we see them targeting towards Moscow. It's about trying to influence the politics of Russia, trying to show that Putin is not protecting the Russian people and that nowhere is safe. And then you have these more tactical targets. You see the destruction of airfields in Peskov, where you see the destruction of these IJ-76 transporter planes, each costing 50 million each. The whole point of this is to try and degrade the supply routes for the Russians and their ability to reinforce their frontline forces so that they can make the most gains they can on the battlefield. It's about weakening the teeth of the Russian military. So let me ask you, General Sheriff, what you think about that. I mean, this certainly was not a main, you know, weapon system when you were Deputy Allied Supreme Commander. What do you think about how it, some are saying, will reshape the general battlefield in now and, and, and to come. Well, war has always been a, a catalyst for technological innovation and improvement, and, and, and this war is, is, is proving exactly that. And the Ukrainians are demonstrating extraordinary ingenuity and agility uh, in taking ideas from inception, from a workshop, from a garage, uh, and putting them onto the battlefield, as you've just been describing so 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 graphically with the with the drone factory. Um, and it's absolutely the right thing to do. I think, from a strategic perspective, the attacks, the long distance attacks, which we've seen the Ukrainians assuming they're the Ukrainians, because of course they haven't uh, admitted to it or claimed it, hitting Russia deep inside its own country are deeply embarrassing for Russia because it demonstrates the inefficiency and inability to learn of Russian air defense. I mean, I just pick up the point that uh, my colleague May Graham's made about the attacks on the airfield at, at Peskov. Um, actually, I think they're more than a tactical impact. Those are ha having a strategic effect because they're demonstrating Russia is unable to protect core installations such as a major a major military airfield uh, at Peskov. And of course, on the battlefield itself, uh, drones are not only allowing uh, the Ukrainians to uh, see the enemy on the see what's on the other side of the hill, which is the challenge that every every commander has always faced since time immemorial, but also to strike in a very effective way.
Mm. And James, I have to say I was amazed because, look, most of us know of drones like the Predator, the Reaper, the big birds that the U.S. You know, flew, certainly on missions against uh, individuals that they, they claimed were you know, terrorists, as you remember, in the war against uh, ISIS and al-Qaeda for years, uh, operated remotely from inside the United States. But this is much more rudimentary. I mean, things that I, I was told and I said, you know, you could buy off the shelf, games, drones that can be used in games in normal civilian life uh, can be fitted out with bombs up to about two kilos. Um, tell me about the types of these kinds of drones and how, how you think the Russians are adapting. Who's got the upper hand, in other words, in this drone warfare? Yeah, it's, it's a really good and a really important question. And you're absolutely right. As you've shown in your report, this is almost like a, a startup setting. And it has to be in order to innovate at the speed in which you can start to take advantages in the, 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 the gaps and the weak links in the Russian lines. But when it starts to talk about the, the, the broader view of what drones we have out there, well, then we can turn to NATO classifications and definitions of the different types of drones that we have. Of course, you have these smaller systems, everything that goes down to around two kilometers and can be launched out of the palm of your hand up to around 20 kilometers and in the middle of that you have these quadcopter systems ones that any of us can buy online and have perhaps had one year for christmas but these have most certainly now been weaponized and turned towards russian forces then you have class two systems now these are more like surveillance drones russia has the orland tens which are the workforce of the russian military and these drones fly much higher above the battlefield and they can help direct some of these smaller kamikaze systems as we call them these loitering munitions these smaller drones into their target and then you have larger loitering munitions like the Lancet drones that Russia has these can be sent over 30 to 50 kilometers they have a much heavier payload and they've been destroyed they've been used to destroy through armor used to destroy tanks and then as you mentioned you have these much larger class 3 systems we know them from the Predator and the Reaper drones but Ukraine has these as well we saw them at the beginning of the conflict they have the TB2s supplied by Turkey. All of these drones in their own different ways Russia has as well. They've been developing their own smaller commercial systems. They've been weaponizing them in the same way that Ukraine has. And in fact, they've worked out some pretty nifty ways in which they can take down the Ukrainian drone systems. They spoof the signal. They're able to get into the commercial uh, software of these drones and they down them. Um, and Russia, of course, has its much larger systems. But due to the fact that you've had Western sanctions on Russia, they've not been able to develop these at, at so fast a pace. And so it's here we have to turn to Iran. If you have Turkey supplying Ukraine on the one side, then you have Iran supplying Russia on the other. And here's where the more advanced systems come through with the Shahed 136s that have been used to deploy drones from Belarusian and Russian territory over 2,500 kilometers. That's their range. Um, and they can target the key cities in Ukraine.